So, season four of Stranger Things. Um, it is the latest season um, that is on Netflix. Of course, they're big, one of their big flagship shows. Um, one of the kind of the biggest things that really a lot of people go like, hey, have you seen Stranger Things? It was kind of the big phenomenon show six years ago, all the way back in 2016. Um, and you see with this season, um, it's a lot bigger. Um, not only in episode length, but in money. I mean, they're spending $30 million uh, per episode with this season. Um and you look at the like, kind of the episode length, like these are all uh, a full hour, uh, even longer than a full hour. Um, some get into an hour and 30. Um, as Dust mentioned, like even with the second part, uh, they'll have uh, a couple episodes where it's two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, with Hill, you know what I mean? They'll get into really story uh, a lot of it. So watching this and, you know, seeing that, you know, the length of it. I will say a lot of it is warranted. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of cast of characters in this, and there's a lot of different subplots. Um, you know, subplot like Joyce, uh, and I forgot the conspiracy guy's name. What's his name? Um, oh, uh, I don't, I even don't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm blanking with him too. Herman, uh, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, so there's a subplot with them and, and trying to, you know, get Hopper out of a Russian prison. And then there's also that other plot with, you know, as you saw the last episode, you know, Hopper going through a portal, um, which they didn't even try to fake it like he died. Like, they didn't even try to even tease it a little bit. Like, oh, maybe he is truly dead. They were like, even in that final episode of the last thing, they were like, nah, he's still alive. He's good. Don't worry. Uh, you know, so he's back um, and he's in the uh, Russian prison. So there's that subplot. There's a subplot where Eleven is with uh, Will, um, you know, living in um, a different part. They're in like what, like somewhere in California, I believe. Um, and she is Nevada, Nevada, um, and they're struggling. She's struggling to kind of adjust in this new environment, making friends. Now that the kids have kind of gotten older, they're in high school now, um, and then also she doesn't have her power, so there's that going on. Um, you also, and there's also kind of some, you know, kind of relationship issues with her and Mike being long distance. You also have that, those relationship mm. issues also with Jonathan and Nancy, them also being long distance. There's also the subplot back in Hawkins with, you know, situations like with Lucas of, you know, he wants to, now that they're in high school, he kind of goes like, listen, I'm, I'm tired of being the nerd and being, you know, picked on and being a loser all the time. I want to, you know, I want to be cool. I want to be popular. So that leads him to joining the basketball team. Um, him and his high top fade, um, his his, his yeah. flat top, you know, which I think is, hey, that's a good look. Hey, that looks, he's rocking it. Yeah, I think he's rocking it. You know, it's a good look. That look is actually that look is actually making a comeback. Actually, uh, you see a lot. Yeah, of, I can see why. It's very clean. It's a clean cut. I respect it. Yeah, you know, you have a lot of dudes with the fade on the side and then kind of curly, yeah. curly at the top. So it looks actually kind of making a comeback, actually, like a lot of things in the 80s. Um, it's kind of making a comeback. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he has he's part of the basketball team, even though, you know, he's just like a bench rider. Um, he's just like, hey, at least I can maybe get something, you know, maybe just be popular by osmosis just be, being around other, you know, jocks or something like that. So there's that. And then yeah. also a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. Um, also, there's, you know, also same thing, relationship straining going on with him and Max. You know, they are not together anymore. Um, and you also see they're like on, they were always on and off again, kind of sort of. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, like on and off again. So they're off, you know, kind of at the start of uh, this season. What we see in the first part, their relationship is very strained. And then also with Max, um, she is having a lot of PTSD, um, you know, from the events of last season, watching her brother being killed in front of her. Billy, um, you know, that obviously, I mean, that really is shaking her up, which I'm surprised they haven't really (laughs) done more with a lot of these kids in the show. Um, Oh, yeah, the level of PTSD that should be affecting all of them. Will was like one of the few was one of the few kids that actually showed some level. Yeah, you know, because he was stuck in the upside down in the first scene for a <laughs> long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could see it kind of with him, but you know, in this season with Max, he, she, you know, she's even talking to a school counselor. Um, you know, just about trying to process her feelings and her emotions, and you kind of see that going on with her and how much that's weighing on her. Um, you also have you know Mike, who's you know, like I said. Uh, there's kind of not a whole lot going on with him, you know, really, other than him just kind of being with Eleven, I feel like. Um, same thing, I think, with Will um, this season. Like, you, I remember you mentioned how Will kind of gets the short end of the stick, you feel like. Um, yeah. The three major characters, I would say, have dr- passed on season two onward that have kind of gotten the short ends of the stick are as follows. Uh, Will, Mike, and Jonathan. Specifically, Jonathan. Uh, one, after uh, Steve has gotten most of the attention, but because they did kind of that twist with Steve, they've kind of they don't know what to do with Jonathan as a character. So by this season, they're like, eh, we'll just make him a pothead, even though that makes no sense for his character. And we, me and Nick, kind of talked about that. Where I'm like, yeah, that was such a 180, and seemed fairly disrespectful for his character. But hey, um, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, I mean, isn't he supposed to be kind of like the burnout, though, right? I mean, that's kind of like his personality type, though, isn't it? I mean, he was always the, like, from season one on, what made him kind of interesting was he was a balanced character. He had, he was a very compassionate and caring character. He was also fairly intelligent and smart. He was the one with the photos. He had a good artistic eye, and he was able to do all these things. He also had negative aspects. He was kind of a stalker. He was very cl- shy and closed off. Mm. He also was very, um, very rarely, occasionally, he would be very closed on his emotions. And he wouldn't really know what to say. Which was countered by when he did was comfortable with someone. He was very compassionate. And he was willing to trust someone. He was very willing to uh, be brave. And he was, like, he was one of the ones who was always gun-ho. Like I gotta make amends. I, I I let my brother down. I was trying to help support my family. I was trying to do this, and to see his character slowly getting whittled away and reduced as the seasons have gone on, it's been kind of sad to see because mm. they just don't know what to do with his character. Uh, Mike was the leader of the group. He was the one who was he believed out of everyone. Like no, we gotta find Will. We gotta help out. We gotta do this. Like mm. he was the GM. He was the head of the group, and now it's kind of down to this. Uh, well, L is all he has. And I'm like, no, he always had a friendship and a tie to everyone. If anything, he should be the one who's trying to, like, keep the band together. And, like, everyone's kind of going in separate directions, and he should be the one kind of, like, like in season three, the, him as Will, oh, we all have girlfriends now. And he's like, Will was, like, talking to him. He should have been, like, the one who's like, you know, Will, come on, come on here. And, like, Will's like, I don't, I feel awkward having this. He's like, look, come on maybe you know make amends do whatever let's try to do stuff and 
And they've kind of like riddled it down to like, oh no, he just has a relationship now. That always never quite felt like that was his character, and he too is now has that less less through line. Mm. Uh, um, well, it's like Dustin got a lot of characterization because he was a. I mean, he's he's the actor's good. Mm. He's but he he was able to get a lot of through line for the character and his relationship with Steve and all and those other everyone else. He was a fun character, and Lucas, he he was kind of initially an a wheel, but it was also nice that they had a dynamic between him and Mike. They were really good friends and they were always, they're just having a butting of heads and that should have been like much of a through line. Uh, you have all these different kind of characters. Lucas always had like this warrior mentality where he always played a cat class of uh, someone who's like, all right, uh, let's go forward. Let's do this. But if I don't believe it, it's not, like magic. Okay. I guess mm. um, that doesn't make any sense. He was always the one who's like, look, Will's gone. That it just happens. We, we got to move on. And Mike's like, "No, dude, he's your friend." Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah, Mike. Go is, ahead, man. Um. Yeah. Like you feel. Like I said, I think yeah. Like you said, I think Mike was you know kind of the main kind of you know leader of this group. Um. And then now I think it's mostly just like you know his stuff with Eleven. Even his storyline this season is a lot with just about Eleven and finding Eleven. Um, and we'll get into spoilers yeah. too um, yeah. with with this yeah. season. We kind of um, have to. Yeah, we'll get into some spoilers here. Um, but you mentioned how Jonathan's role has kind of been whittled down. Um, this and, and even yeah. uh, Jonathan, who has like a pothead friend in this, who's the actor from Booksmart, um, who I, mm -hmm. I remember that guy. It seems like I guess he, underrated movie. Yeah, Booksmart is an amazing movie, by the way. If nobody's ever checked it out, um, but he also played a pothead in that too. Um, it seems, I guess he's, it's just the hair, I guess, and the look, um, I guess. Uh, it, it's just, he has this, he has just like cool, like aloof, uh, just reaction and it just works. And I, I can't imagine that he's that much different in real life where he's just like, nah, man, it's all right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's, his name is Eduardo, uh, Eduardo Franco. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, I guess, played it a lot in the roles he, he's been in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they kind of, he, he, so it's like Cheech and Chong type of thing going on with him and Jonathan, pretty much. Um, you know, they have, like, pothead conversations and stuff. So I guess that's more of, like, an 80s thing, because I think Cheech and Chong were kind of popular. I think they kind of rose in, like, the 70s, 80s, pretty much. They rose high in the 70s, no pun intended. <laughs> they rose pretty, they rose pretty high in the 70s, and... Their first two movies were probably their biggest hits. They were the first pioneers of the pot, like pothead movies, and then every single movie afterwards, basically they just had a strong following. Even if the movie made no sense or had nothing to do with anything, people went and saw it. So mm. even, that went into even the, the the early to mid '80s. They were still that was like I think they were on to like their fourth or fifth movie by that point. Mm. And I think the last movie they did. Then they did one in the 90s, and then the last one they did, because Chong was in jail for a while, and then he got out. Um, I think they did a most recent one in, like, 2000-something. 2000 I'm like, wow, you guys are old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they kind of have, like, a Cheech and Chong kind of thing going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it goes to show, like, with this season, as it's kind of, you know, Stranger Things, as it's kind of gone on, um, the cast has gotten bigger and bigger. Um, you know, new characters have been added in, and for the most part, when they do add in new characters, I I generally I do like them. Like Robin, who was a new addition last season, I like Robin. Mm -hmm. um, Robin um, Maya mm -hmm. Hawk, 
um, is her name. I like her. Um, when Max came in, um, she came in in season, was it season two? or two. Season, She came in season two. I like Max. I think Max is very good. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that as the cast has gotten, you know, constantly gotten bigger and maybe, and also some actors have roles have upgraded, like with Steve, where he was just the bully, you know, but then now he's a part of the gang. It, it does, uh, you know, there's so much spinning plates. Um, yeah. And then I think that's the thing with this season. Um, it's just, you know, constantly, you know, a lot of spinning plates and you have to divert a lot of time to all these different stories and plot lines going on and develop mm-hmm. a lot of things. And then this season adds another, you know, a few new characters in this as well. And one of them being like Eddie, Eddie, who's the head of the D&D club that um, the gang is a part of, you know, Mike and Dustin um, uh, they're, that they're a part of um, and Hawkins and. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I for the did you like Eddie? Um, I thought he was he's not he's I thought he was okay for the most part. Yeah, he's a Eddie's a solid character. I actually like the actor who plays him. He's a he does a good job for what he's written, and but he he un it's not his fault that he adds to the continuing spinning plates. Hmm. Where where. This show, we spoke about it with Nick earlier, but last week, where I think he and I were in agreement, they don't know when to retire stories and retire characters. That's okay. You can have characters have their stories and be done and just write them out and just move them away. If you're going to continue a series, it's okay to have characters and then just reduce them to cameos and they show up. And it's just nice to see them, and that's it. They can live their lives outside of the chaos. Their story's done. They've done. They've had their character arcs. It's okay. Now they can just be a static, stable character that occasionally pops in. They don't need to keep going if they don't have anything else to say. Eddie is a through line to this plot, which I'm fine with. If only the series was like an anthology where there was a big bad every season coming from the upside down... That would have made it kind of more interesting, where they've had to deal with different aspects of it. But having all these different characters, it, I love Steve. He's a great character. I like I like the actor. He's a fun actor. I, mm. I'm totally fine with them changing the uh, what they're originally going to do with the character to give him more screen time and make him more of a character, and that's fine. But you actually have to do something with his character. You actually have to finish off his character and be done with it because it feels like they don't know what to do with him he peaked at high school he was the jock he almost got them the championship uh and now he's doing what ghosting if you love steve so much as a character make a spinoff there are actually people who will watch a steve spinoff do his own thing and deal with supernatural stuff i'm sure it would sell because Mm. he's such a likable character they probably would if I'm if I'm gonna be honest. They probably would. He and Robin or whoever deal with supernatural weird crap. That would probably be, that would probably work. Mm. I'm just saying, or just retire the character. Let him be done. He's moved on. He's doing something with a career, and he occasionally shows up, mm. hangs out with Dustin, or Dustin goes and talks to him for a brief moment. He's like, "Hey, man, be careful," or something. Mm. We don't need all these characters. Yeah, and because they take put some, certain characters on the pedestal at a certain time, mm-hmm. it doesn't allow other characters to shine. Post season two, what did what did Jonathan and Nancy's arc in season three really do for the story? Mm. Yeah, they didn't like what they had an argument, and whatever, and then ended up with like them have banging. 
cool. Uh, after that, that what subplot went nowhere because they ended up quitting the thing any uh, the newspaper form anyways. Mm. And now Jonathan moved away. We should have just seen him been a photographer and he's doing his own thing and he's sending pictures and he's doing what he he likes to do and he's in a quiet area now. And maybe he makes a friend as uh, a friend with a po- uh, pothead because hey, mm. you know what's else? What else is there to do out there? But the po- pothead guy actually like, no, no, man, you should like go for that high end place. You're really talented. You should go in there. And that's the dilemma is keeping the relationship with Nancy in that manner. Would still stay to his character, mm-hmm. and he could have taken pictures and saw something that would have been a through line to the plot. That oh, it's not over. Something's going on in Hawkins. I'm seeing stuff. Something's not okay. Something. But that at least would have tied him in some way, and he used his abilities and everyone else's abilities. Uh, that, but I don't know. That That's just my feeling on it. What about you? So, um, the stuff, yeah, there's a lot of characters, stuff going on with Jonathan. Um, you know, just really with the relationship between him and Nancy, and then now there's, you know, the love triangle kind of they're doing within this season with, you know, again with, you know, Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, um, and that's kind of another big thing about this. So it's like they're playing with the will, you know, who she's going to end up with, who's best for her, which is, you know, which is good for your, you know, maybe for a good part of your demographic of people who, you know, mm-hmm. watch this show are probably... Young adults to teens are probably your main demographic who's who's watching this show. So I know that's a big thing, you know, the will they, you know, who's she going to end up with, will they, won't they type of situation. Here, you know, and that's an interesting point about, you know, Jonathan, you know, it's just relationship stuff really is the main kind of subplot with him going on here. Like Nancy Mm -hmm. and Jonathan, now that they're so far apart, you know, and they're both kind of, you know, potentially, you know, their lives are kind of like where are they going to go now that they're in college and you know where they're going to go now you know so that's kind of like the major thing there um and the whole thing with steve who you know is one of my favorite characters of the show um it's just like this season now that he's out of high school it's just like he peaked in high school what is you know what is you know his life going to be now he's working at the video store with robin um who i was surprised that other guy didn't show up the guy who was in the last season who worked at the video who got them the job there i was surprised i didn't see him oh yeah he's gone he's completely gone now yeah i was i was wondering what happened because i don't remember a whole lot from season three i would need to go back and i would because if in order to rank these seasons to see Mm -hmm. how i really feel about them i would have to go back and watch them all again uh but i remember yeah i'm gonna be completely yeah go ahead Oh, I was just—I was just like, I, yeah, I was like expecting to see mm-hmm. that guy again, but he wasn't—he wasn't in that season. He wasn't in this season. To be completely frank, season three is like one of their weakest seasons. Yeah. They have a lot. They have a few plot. They have a couple. It's, it has a lot of plot lines that go nowhere. Billy is like a Mike's mom wants to have is like a uh, is feeling a little not loved, uh, so she considers having an affair with Billy. Mm-hmm. That goes no. As like a Billy gets taken over by the thing because she decides I'm not gonna have an affair because I love my family. She never talks to her husband, by the way. She never like, hey, our relationship's kind of in a way and had like a nice actual communication moment. And maybe they could have had like a nice little scene, and that wraps up that that nicely. No, she just see, goes downstairs, sees uh, him holding her, their daughter sleeping in front of like the TV, and she's like, I can't do that to them, and that's it. And they have never, they never talk about it later. Uh, that again, that loose end went nowhere. We have we had the uh, the Nancy and Jonathan whole 
uh, what dealing with the editors, dealing with a may, uh, uh, the guys in there not respecting Nancy, and Jonathan uncharacteristically not standing up for her, which felt very uncharacteristic for his character, especially season one and season two for him, how much he cares about Nancy as a Nancy and how he cares about the people he cares about, that he didn't do that just for the plot. And that doesn't go anywhere because eventually they quit anyways. Or it just becomes redundant because we have a bigger threat. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, we have the whole mall thing. That is only a setup just to say that the Russians somehow have a base underneath American territory that Robin and Steve work at. At least that had like an event and an avenue where other plots could en- engage in. But eventually that goes nowhere because... Like, the whole mall thing gets blown up by the end, so they they, they remove it because of Russian influence. Uh, Hop and uh, Hop, for some reason, doesn't like Mike and Eleven dating because I, he's being overprotective. And so he... Because he didn't learn his lesson in Season 2 when he did the same thing with Eleven when it was just her by herself, to the point he threatens Mike with violence and is extremely uncharacteristic of him as well. And then he goes on a date with um, Will's mom, Winona Ryder. Yeah, Joyce. Yeah. That, Joyce, sorry, Joyce, uh, who is, I'm slowly losing my patience for her character because just like other characters, she's fine in season one. She's even fine in season two. But as, as the further she goes, Winona Ryder's character gets more and more unhinged to the point where she just decides, hey, I'm just going to leave and, and do this. Take a, like a shot in the dark. And season four is wildly crazy, even for her character. Uh, but hey, again, for whole, the whole Hopper romance, always felt like even weird, even by that, because there's not not even a vibe from that in season one or two. Mm. And that that, but that leads to her, I guess, finding the season four. Like they're trying to make up for that. There's a lot of plot lines and subplots that happen in season three that honestly don't go anywhere. There's the uh, the Russian friend they make in season three. Spoilers, Russian friend doesn't make it, and he was only there to translate Russian and do some things and show America really is nice in the end, I guess. But he has no payoff for his character. He doesn't get a good word. That would have been a nice way to maybe pay off a Russian sub-story later on, but they don't do that. Mm. Uh, Hop kills a big buffed guy because he was like a Russian Terminator, literally, in the entire thing. Eventually, that goes to culmination where he finally kills his ass. Uh, Steve, in season three, Steve doesn't know what he wants to do. Again, like season two, doesn't know what he wants to do. Just like in season four, what am I going to do in my life? Oh, I'm a scooper, I feel ice cream. That through line only introduces Robin, which he could have done in any other place, and it could have been other ways they interacted. And he uses a scoop move to smack someone because he still has some jock ability. I I don't know about you, man, but why don't you just be an athletic trainer? If you love sports so much, train athletes. Get a medical license. Go and actually, like, they make actually pretty good money, and they actually help athletes recover. Like, that doesn't stop you. Or, you could still play. I, I Like, I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he... There's other ways you could have dealt with that character. There's a lot of through lines in Season 3 that ultimately don't really go anywhere. And I don't know what they're doing for Season 4, because with Mike and the gang in Nevada, you've kind of set yourself up that it's almost you don't even want to interact with them again in Hawkins, you know? They feel so isolated from the main plot. So so the big thing going on yeah. um, mm-hmm. in this season right here... You, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. 
Uh, no, it's okay. So the, the big thing. So what's going on here in season four? Uh, people might ask, like, okay, mm-hmm. so what's the you know major event? What's the major villain here? Um, mm-hmm. So you know, throughout the show, the show is very much uh, you know a nod to the '80s. All the show is you know very much paying uh, homage to all the big '80s movies. You know, basically Duffer Brothers, their childhood the stuff they grew up with. Uh, the first season very much Spielberg, you know, E.T. type situation. And with this season, it continues further because the villain of this is very much like a Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street type villain um, who was done mostly practically, um, actually, um, which I, I thought was very good because he looks very good. The creature, this this kind of uh, a demon from this upside down world. Um, who is more of a actual uh, being because in, in most of the other seasons it's just kind of like a creature with no real identity or no real you know it doesn't talk at all so it's just like this beast this creature uh, but this one this creature you know this villain actually can talk can articulate and you know is and then when they actually do kill the teenagers in this and they do kill a bunch of them mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal i mean the first time you actually mm-hmm. see the death um you know, a death here um where it kind of sets things off into motion um it actually it, i mean it is really effective um i think um it doesn't i mean there's some moments where it doesn't always look the best because even though this is 30 million dollars per episode there are some moments in this show where some of the effects don't always look all that good um but I think it's it still works, um, and I, I thought that was kind of very nice, and um, and I also thought and then every time you have like the supernatural villain element in this, you also have a more human villain element, and the human villain element in this is uh, another kind of bully jock character who's the captain of the basketball team, the one that's taking them to the uh, the state championship game. He's on the same team with Lucas, um, and uh, you kind of see him there. Um, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of like that they, they, they always have like a villain, a human villain element and the supernatural element to kind of, you know, contrast both those things, um, I think works really well. And then the, so the villain here that with the human element is they get into the whole D and D back then. A lot of people thought like a lot of things, uh, mm. that the link between bad behavior with kids and the reason why, you know, you, you have a lot of these troubled teens and them doing a lot of crazy stuff is because, you know, they're playing things like D&D, which is, you know, the devil's game or something like that. Just like what they always did with rock music or, you know, hip hop or, uh, you know, video games, whatever. It's like this is the devil's game or something like that. So, you know, that kind of, you know, you, you see this kind of go around about D&D and it being a devil's game. And then when you start to see these killings happening, um, especially um, when one of the characters, Eddie, um, he gets involved, you know, he's around when one of the deaths happen. Uh, they start to blame him and pin it on him that he was the person that was the murderer and that w- the one of the reasons why he did it was because he's part of this cult, which is the D&D club, you know what I mean? You know, and they kind of say like, no, it's not a cult, it's just a club for nerds who like, you know what I mean, <laughs> fantasy and stuff like that. Um, another character in this, you see Lucas's sister who also you saw in the past seasons. Um, I like her. I think they use her, you know, very good amount. Again, it's it's hard Erica. to... Uh, yeah, Erica. I think they use her a good amount and she she's very good at her line delivery. Um, I remember there was one time, there was one scene, they were in the kitchen um, and then I uh, I think she, she does a line where she says, what are you two, gun smoke? You know what I mean? Or the, um, the stupid <laughs> and the ugly. I was like, oh, that's that was kind of funny i actually laughed at that um yeah so she's she's good at that type of stuff like that you know she's the perfect like annoying little sister um and i think they kind of use her a good amount they don't try to 
you know, really force her in there too much or give her like her own little subplot um, like they do kind of with a lot of other characters because it's already overstuffed as it is. Um, and I think, you know, coming, you know, with some issues with the show, I think that's just a lot of, you know, it's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of spinning plates, a lot of attention to a lot of all these different details that you kind of go around, run around with. And a lot of them are really not all that interesting. Um, like I'm not all that interested in the love triangle between Nancy and Jonathan and Steve. I'm not really, that doesn't really invest me too much in that stuff. I'm not really big in all that. Um, I think the stuff with Eleven trying to regain her powers again and Paul Reiser coming back. I like Paul Reiser. I think he's a great actor, um, good character actor. Um, some people were saying that storyline maybe takes a little too long, um, I think maybe you could have gotten into it a little bit quicker. I think, you know, I mean, I understand they want you to gain a little bit of sympathy for, which I don't know why you would really need to since we already are introduced. We already know Eleven and we already we, we had four seasons. Yeah, we had four seasons with her. So the whole thing of her being in this town and in Nevada and she's dealing with psycho bullies like, you know, these are yeah, these are God. These are Stephen King esque, you know, like just like like psycho schizo bullies that just they, they don't just bully her i mean they torture her. they mentally torture her um, i know it's like what are we in maine yeah i mean it's that it's just that's just crazy um you know which i, I was just kind of like this is like yeah i mean it, that just i thought that was just a whole lot um and just like to the point of just ridiculousness uh almost um even this the scene at the roller rink where i was just like okay this is this is maybe a little much, you know what I mean, uh, that, that they're doing. Um, but, you know, you know, her the whole journey for her to regain her powers and how it connects to the, you know, main story. Um, how did you like that? The whole main story? Yeah. Of eventually, you know, where her leading her powers, we see the whole kind of backstory there of, you know, her first being at the, what do you call it, like the... Uh, facility facility institution i guess you know the sure yeah so how did you kind of like that so we've already kind of had this in season two we already had a oh i don't know how to control my power even though you already know how to control your power with that one episode notorious episode in season two where she left for like a second for one episode to go into be completely different show with number eight in her 80s break-in crew the x-men she went to go with the x-men the x-men yeah the x-men she, she shows up the very you go ahead the mutants she showed that girl shows up and her crew show up for very end of episode one are referenced never referenced for the rest of the season until that one episode where she shows up and meets 11 and then she wants to get revenge on the people who have done this you know what? They should have brought that back. There should have been people disappearing, and they think Eleven's doing it, and that should have been a better through line. It was like, oh, they're like rightfully so, because I'm gonna be honest. Even with the facility, uh, uh, a lot of these get people are monsters. Yeah, they feign, ah, we really want to help you. Nah, you guys are cruel, abusive people trying to get this person to do, trying to get Eleven to do the things that you want her to do. You're mm. man manipulating her constantly feigning that is for what's best for her and i don't in the in the early seasons they portrayed that as evil and you the audience recognize it but now in some of the scenes they portray it as like oh no he's really just trying to get her to under to remember the thing we we saw what happened we know what see you can't erase season one and just assume oh no really remember that remember that one guy that found 11 
and she was cold and hungry and he was he had a restaurant and he let her stay there for a bit he cooked her a hamburger and he was just gonna take care of her and he was whatever hey remember those people that showed up and shot him in the head they didn't ask any questions they didn't like hey where's this girl bam dead where's girl find her mm. right yeah Dust? Oh man, the it's kind of tone the tone whiplash sometimes because we've already been through this. We already know. Okay, there are other numbers. Cool, got it. I don't really need to know what happened to them because they're they're not relevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not really relevant to the story. They're not really relevant to her character. She was always she, it always felt like she was alone. Like, oh, those were past failures. They were all isolated. Mm. But 11... Hey, you kind of cut out there, what'd you say? Saying, oh, you know what I mean? What? You kind of cut out a little bit there, what'd you say? Oh. Oh, uh, I was saying... What, what, what did I stop? Uh, you stopped at the part with the uh, the other uh, people at the uh, facility, and you're saying that yeah. you always know she was alone, mm-hmm. or... yeah. Yeah, you always get this feeling, hey, there were other numbers that were isolated and 11 ex- exceeded expectations. But now we're introducing to these other numbers, which, I mean, could work fine. Not works fine enough, but then they introduce this other person, if we want to get into spoilers. Right. Do we yeah. want to get into spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're introduced to a, a, a handler there who is slowly nudging her to try and become better. And I'm like, okay. I always got the feeling she was isolated and very had little time interaction with anyone, which is why she was so stilted. If you don't, do you remember season one? How stilted and closed off and she just she barely could talk to anyone. They, they basically used her as a tool. She, was, she wasn't a human being. They didn't care about her. She was just a, a tool, a weapon. So when she got to, got like the the fact she's having conversations with people, I'm like that's, hey, that that doesn't exactly track. But hey, and then it's revealed later that this guy, they make this wow connection between him, and the uh, this other uh, story going on to try and connect the dots that he's this, oh, he was number one. He was the very first in the program, and oh, he's a super maniac. And he's crazy, and he ends up being revealed as the the villain of this season. This human being that found his way to the upside was re- sent to the uh, upside down by Eleven, hmm. and he's been trying to crawl and connect his way back ever since. Yeah, I, which to, yeah, uh, I, I was just trying to make sense of that of like her mm-hmm. abilities. So, so she yeah. so she can create things like that. She can like. Eleven can create portals to the upside so, down, and that's how she's in. Or I, I was trying to make sense of that situation. Yeah. So I always assumed. So in, in season one, they amplify her a bit. They amplify her ability. They see what she can do, and using her ability, they basically create a, a whole room. And they push her so hard that it, like, ima- imagine a, we're separated by a thin film, 
every dimension, every universe. And she just tears open a little bit of that film. And that's how they got access to the, to the uh, Upside Down. Oh. That was the whole first season was, oh, she put, they pushed her so hard that something small opened up in Hawkins. And the Demogorgon slipped through. Okay. And they got to worry about that thing. And that, that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, something slipped through. It's not that she has control of the portals. It's more she put so much pressure on her ability that a tear opened. That's why in season two, when the, it, it gets bigger and it gets more, more open, she's the only one who can close it. Mm. She's trying to basically pour all of it to close its connection because she's trying to smush the tear, trying to cover it up. Mm. I don't. I never saw her ability as opening portals. It's more of just psychokinetic. It's like psychokinesis of an ability to kind of with the mind to tear open. Like a if they're trying to use a a D and D logic, it would like she had uh, psychokinesis or she had mental power, and that would open up a plane like a planar. If you know what a planar, it's different planes of existence in D and D, which is how you did certain. Like uh, Hells in a Plane of Existence and the Cthulhu-esque Lovecraftian aspects is another like the planar, out of planar. They're in their own plane. It would be like, oh, I have such a psychic connection mm. with me and other beings that I can maybe push it so much that I just punch a hole through the tissue. Mm. It's not that I can control portals. I'm just punching a hole or I'm plugging it up just with my mind. So they're also kind of retconning that too, because you just, because in the previous one she just tore people apart, they would just explode. Mm. I don't know why. Oh, if I'm gonna use all my ability, I'm just gonna send them to the send him to the outer. Would have been more creepy if she exploded him completely, and his mind went to the under, to upside down. Like it's such a strong intellect and psychokinesis that he rebuilt himself in the upside down. That would have been creepier to me. Like, that's what would have made it more more sense to me is that's why it's taken so long if you're going to go with this through line. And he's been bit by bit, glob by glob, slowly reforming some sort of an amalgamation of a body. Mm. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think the, the stuff with, you know, so you have like this, you know, handler or orderly or, you know, what have you in yeah. this facility that's working with Eleven that's, you know, kind of, you know, step by step. I mean, kind of doing what a lot of people do with her early in her life, you know, kind of using her, pushing her, you know, trying to guide her in their own way, you know, uh, you know manipulate her uh, in their own yeah. kind of way and vision. Um, and the big reveal that kind of happens at the, you know, end of this part one of the season, um, the character delivers a big monologue about everything and about his whole backstory and mm -hmm. all of what happened and it ties into the case that uh because when the first murder happens um you know of course you know dustin who's friends with eddie you know head of the D, he goes like well of course no he wouldn't do that you know what i mean he would he would never do that and he you know goes to you know steve and other people they get involved in investigating what really happened in these murders um, and that kind of leads them down this path and, you know, discovering this family and then the head of this family who, you know, get a special cameo from um, uh, Fred, even Freddy Krueger himself. Um, I'm, what's his name? I'm, uh, Robert England, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger himself, uh, which was a nice little, you know, little cameo from him, which was pretty nice that they brought him in. Um, so it all ties in together that, you know, it wasn't 
the father who went crazy and killed his family um or possessed by like this this demon because this demon he seems like it preys on fear um it was you know the his actual son that was doing everything like that and get inside the mind of his uh of his family and, and showing them and everything like that and he was the one that was responsible for all this other stuff so um you, you get this kind of big you know villain you know monologue reveal there um and 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 also the kind of like that's a little bit of an issue. I thought that monologue was a little overdone, personally. Mm. Um, and then, especially at the you know at the end of this episode, that just in case you didn't know, just in case we wanted to really hammer home the point, um, they revealed mm-hmm. the, the 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 number zero zero one on his on his wrist. It's like okay, I don't think you really needed that. I mean, I think everybody gets it, but okay. Um, and then, like you said, I you know I, I think as a as a villain performance goes in the this creature, I like this creature. I think it was a good change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, for for them to do this type of creature who can actually articulate and can actually speak and i thought the the visions that they would have i thought were also pretty good of him really coming out and i think it was really well i think it was kind of scary um i mean not says i mean scary but you know i thought it was creepy and very kind of effective in that way um yeah i think with this season uh to kind of you know give my kind of final thoughts with it i think it does Mm -hmm. have a lot going on i think you know you could use you know, but I, I don't think they're going to get rid of any characters. Um, you know what I mean? The characters, I mean, that you have are pretty much probably going to be here, you know what I mean, all the way up until the end of the season. Maybe and one or two. Maybe. Do you think maybe they're going to kill maybe one or two kind of main people the, we see? Yeah. Maybe one or two. They won't kill any of the kids. No, I don't think they'll kill. Maybe they'll kill. They're not going to kill. Maybe Eddie, yeah, maybe. I don't maybe know. they'll maybe kill Eddie. And uh, you know what? They might kill either Jonathan or his, or his friend. He's also expendable. He could be also killed. Yeah, he's also kind of yeah. expendable. I think, I think they'll probably, like, he might protect Will, and Jonathan's going to eat it. Mm. Yeah. Um, because they don't know what to do with his character, and he's going he's gonna to do one last brave thing, try to, like, show that, he's, uh, show that pers- part of his personality, and he's just going to get wrecked. And then one other writer is going to cry some more. <laughs> and then... That's gonna be, and then we're supposed, to, we're gonna feel sad. Yeah. Or uh, Hopper is gonna sacrifice himself, and he's gonna die for reals. Hmm. Interesting. Because uh, they can't do another fake out with another Hopper. No. You know they can't. They no. can't. That'd just be really cheap. Um. Yeah. I mean, and I think the core of the show, what made it season one such a phenomenon, was it felt so small scale. Mm-hmm. And then it was also the kids. I mean, you got good, good kid actors, which is kind of hard sometimes to get yeah. good kid. And then I think all of these kids, you know, I think they were good kid actors. And they, you know, them as they're growing up and you see them in other stuff. Like you see Millie Bobby Brown in other things. You see Kate yeah. McLaugh- uh, McLaughlin in, in other things. You see Finn Wolfhard, Wolfhard. You know, uh, Finn Wolfhard in other things. Um, they're, they're, um, Dustin. Yeah, you see them in other stuff and they're good. So, you know, that that's kind of rare that you kind of knocked it out of the park getting, you know, a good cast of kid actors. And the the, the, the main appeal of the show was these core uh, kids and their adventure. Mm-hmm. And then now that they're all kind of broken off and separated and all you have all these different characters and all these other different places and you're going here in Russia and you're over here in Nevada and you're over here back in Hawkins and all this other to try to do all this yeah. stuff, it can feel kind of a little scatterbrained at times. And... Um, 
and I think kind of that 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 kind of weakens the season a little bit. Of course, they're all going to reunite again, and it's all going to be a big moment where they all come back and they all reunite together, and it's going to be a big moment. Um, of, you know, because I know that's going to happen. Um, but that also kind of I think adds a kind of a weakness to the season is because the part of the appeal is really seeing you know these core group of kids together. Um, that was what you know lit the fire of this, and and why it was such a lightning and a kind of a bottle kind of thing. Um, and then I, I think that, uh, you know, you do have some also really good stuff here, you know, like I said, with the villain, um, I think Steve and Dustin still a great duo and then how, mm -hmm. how much Steve is frustrated with just being the babysitter, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, that's a great moment. You know, he's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm the babysitter again. It's like, I, I kind of want to break out of here. I want to do something else. It's almost like he's talking to the, the writers in the writer room. He's like, damn, man, can I do something else here? Come on, man. Uh, you know, let me let me jump in this dang was, dangerous water and go down this this other dimension just because I want a fucking something to do. It's like okay, exactly. I want I was varsity captain. God damn it! I was like I was uh, <laughs> our our high school champ, and I'm just the goddamn babysitter now. Yeah, and then the moment where like they team up, they go like okay, everybody like Scooby Doo. They're like okay, everybody split up, and then it's him and Dustin. He's like ah oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? He just gives a big sigh, and he's like, "Okay, come on, dude." You know what I mean? Like, I, and then Justin's like, "What? What? Nothing." Uh, it's, it's just, it's, he says, "Just it's just always me and you. It's just always me and you." You know, but hey, they they're a great duo. Um, you know, they they work well together, and I think Joe Carey just in general, who plays Steve, I think he just bounces off everybody pretty well. I think when it's him yeah, and he's Rob, got great chemistry. Yeah, when it's him and Robin, I think they do a great oh, job yeah. together. Um, yeah, I mean, but I just think, yeah, the weaker elements of the season is just it being as maybe bloated as it is, even though I think the length is kind of warranted because you've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, there are some storylines maybe you could have maybe done a little bit quicker, like the Hopper and Russia stuff. I wasn't really all that too much interested in. I'm like, yeah. where is this really exactly? I mean, well, I know where it's leading. It's probably leading just to them to get him back home to, to Hawkins. But it just seems like I don't know. Maybe it would, I mean you could have reduced a lot of this if you just had killed him to begin with. Um, and made I'm gonna that. be honest though. I'm pretty sure what they're gonna do for this character is they're gonna have a through line of the demo. Where did they get the Demogorgons in Russia? Oh, we need to stop the Russian plot because they want their own thing. Oh no! Well, we can't just go home to America. We gotta stay here and deal with that. Mm. Like they're trying to have their own like group of. Like like make their own Demogorgon army or something like that or yeah yeah I mean uh, I know there's like there were clips of um, him standing before like a vat tank of like Demogorgons and tanks I'm like yeah probably Russia probably wants like a, a Demogorgon army that they can just throw at the U S troops and think that they can control that afterwards because mm. no one learns any lessons from anything mm. I don't know how that'd be useful. With a beast that literally doesn't care about anything but consuming. Yeah, doesn't even listen to anything, doesn't even, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you can't even command it. It's like a, you're just throwing in, like, just <laughs> throwing in mustard gas and hoping, and the mustard gas never stops. Mm. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe they'll do something like that. Like, they want their own, like, Demogorgon army or some shit like that. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, so... There was there were some things I just wasn't as interested in much in this season and, mm -hmm. and with the length of it. Um But I you know, we'll come back for part two, give our thoughts on that. Um but as a part one, I think it was 
I think it was pretty good. Um, I mean, I would need to rewatch all the seasons again to really give my full thoughts again. I watched all these seasons before, but it's been like it's been three years since I've seen season three, so I've forgotten some part of it. I do remember it being the weakest season for me, um, and not thinking it was kind of strong. It really kind of fell off there. I wasn't kind of that high on it. I do think mm-hmm. it's better than season three. Um, and then season two, again, I kind of need to go back and, and really watch uh, all of yeah. it. But to me, season one, just it that was really lightning in a bottle. It was just like, man, I mean, with these oh, yeah, yeah. group of kids and the way it was done. And kind of, and a lot of people think the show should have just ended with season one, just should have been like a little mini series, you know, with just season one and that that be it. But you I know. think that probably would have worked out for the best, mm. maybe, yeah. I mean, because it was, it was, just, it was just like really special that that first season. Um, but you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. Oh, you know, um, I don't know if it's official, but I know uh, I think some a writer is suing Stranger Things for stealing, uh, for taking credit for a writing idea he had. So I don't know if it's legitimate, but it does make some compelling arguments where a lot of the area, a lot of what's described, was in the in his uh, first thought, and he brought it to attention to a studio, and that didn't go anywhere and then so we'll see if that goes anywhere but i just wanted to bring that up because uh it's not the first time that ideas get taken in, in rooms no one's credited and then mm. it's taken to done something else by other writers uh case in point uh star trek discovery season one there was the the guy who had the tardigan idea that was stolen all for season one of discovery and that eventually had that eventually fell off and he didn't get anything out of it but there was a fairly compelling argument that uh, uh, Bad Robot and uh, Alex Kurtzman stole that idea. So wow. I don't, he's not involved in this. This is a completely different people. But hey, I just wanted to bring that up. Oh, okay. That was very interesting. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I thought it was still, I think, a solid first part of the season. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to season, you know, part two uh, of this season, see how mm-hmm. they wrap it up. Uh, but yeah, as of now, uh, watching the first part, mm-hmm. I'd give it a, you know, I'd give it a, maybe I want a higher tune in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or not higher tune in, higher stream it for me, yeah, stream it. uh, higher stream, not because just it's on a streaming platform, but you know, just cause I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see how they wrap it up and mm-hmm. the ending will into the conclusion of this. Um, that would also determine a lot of things. Yeah. 